Welcome to the Jeff Knows Inc. Show with your host, Jeff Lopes, where we bring you the world's top athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, influencers, and their journeys to success. We are live. We are live on the Jeff Knows Inc. Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Lopes. Super excited to have on returning guest, good friend, Michael Diamond. What is up, brother? Hey, man. You know, many people call me Michael. I like that, Michael Diamond. My mom and my teachers, because I, I changed it to Mike as I, I was just starting and Michael was so formal. I was like, it's Mike Diamond. So it's funny when you say Michael Diamond. <laughs> so, I was about to say, I want to make this very formal, right? <laughs> yeah. Am I in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you say that because anybody calls me Jeffrey, which is my real name. I just like, okay, just my mom. Same thing, mom, teachers. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. What is up, man? Obviously, so obviously, we have a we have a relationship no, apart from this podcast. We have a good good friendship. There's yep. a ton going on. We keep connected, but I'm excited to have you on for our audience again, just to hear what the hell has been going on for. Last time we had you on was probably about a year ago, maybe a little longer. It was longer. I think it was. Um, wasn't it just after the pandemic? Wasn't it like well, pandemic in Toronto? <laughs> pandemic well, in Toronto still so smart. <laughs> Yeah, right. But like March, everything went, went on lockdown. And I think I came on probably May or June uh, in 2020, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you think about it. Time for, the last, you think about it, the last two years have been a complete blur, right? It's just been just, it's it's just blown by. Been very interesting, that's for sure. So, so, so what's up with you, man? Give, give me the rundown. Where the hell, what was going on the last eight months? Besides being well, getting over COVID, you said for the third time? Third time, so I got it. I just got over it a week ago. Um, you know, it. You know, it's funny. So, so this is the the last two years of my life have been the most life changing stretch because, um, and I think what has happened with me is I've hit tipping points in my life, and when I say tipping points, is like. You could you could reach a level of success, right? And whether it's when I started and moved to the country, and you know, I got my first like record deal or first TV show. When I started to do all these things, I had my first success in New York with my first you know first club you know popped after September 11th. But the one thing that I've learned this, this over the last two years, and we'll get into it, is that I never could get over the tipping point. And what I mean by that is, I would get so burnt to reach a level of success. After I arrived, I was just done. And I just couldn't. It was because I had the wrong environment, the wrong mentors, the wrong people around me. And I just couldn't, like, I'd be like, I'm done. I'm done. It's, I, I, I use the analogy. It's like, say you won the Heisman, right, in, in, in football, which is like, oh, my God. But you're still, you're still a fucking amateur. Yeah. You're not pro yet. Yeah. And then you see these guys and they become pro and you're like, what happened to them? But the work to get to the pros and then build the career, yeah. it's a completely different ball set. You know what I mean? It's like, holy crap. So, you know what I'm saying? And it's really, I, lo- I, lo- I love that. I love that analogy. I've never even thought about it like that, but it's, it's, it's a great analogy because you, you, you always, you always hear these kids that are drafted. It doesn't matter which major sport, baseball, and NHL, they're drafted first round, and they're projected to be the next stars, and then you never hear from them ever again. But then you look at it, right? So you look at Tom Brady. He didn't have that college career. Yeah. 
It's yeah. there's something that has to shift in you. And I've had these moments and like the first big shift was when I got sober in 2006, right? And what I've learned, which I never understood, right, is greatness lives inside all of us. Yeah. But I never, like Maslow said, only 3% of people reach their full potential. And then Dr. Wayne Dyer said, that's bullshit. Anyone can reach their full potential. That's not true. And I'll tell you why. When you set a goal, and I learned this, right? Yeah. And you go, I have a dream, and then you connect. You have to have goals to make the dream a reality and close the gap. We are delusional to think we know how it's going to feel in the stretch to achieve the goal. Interesting. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Life's going to show up, and it's unpredictable. Yeah, so yeah, you, of course. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you get up in the morning, you've got a son, right? And you have a goal to do all these things. Your son gets sick, right? And you've still got to, you know, you're an entrepreneur and you've got your, your company and COVID hits. You want to write a book and you have 50,000 things that you have a responsibility to manage, right? And you have to somehow stretch yourself in 10 different directions and to be successful, be at a level to compete with others to be a success. Right. And I was saying to someone the other day, right. So I, my goal was to get a book. I wanted to get published because it was something I knew and I had to do for me. Yeah. So I wrote the first draft and I got a really good editor and I got 15 rejections and no one wanted the book. And everyone's like self-publish. You're an idiot. No one will publish you right now. There's too many self-help books out there. There's too many people publishing, right. To, to get a publishing deal is like getting a record deal. Yeah. It's just as hard now as it was back then, yeah. right? Because you're, I'm asking for another human being to give me an advance and back me yeah. to put my, why would they back me? There's a million authors out there, right? Yeah. So I get the publishing deal after all these rejections. Just I just send a blind email to a big, I had a great agent. Agent fell through, right? I didn't, couldn't do anything. Had to go and take a job for four months living with a guy. I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I am in the stretch right now. I am like uncomfortable. I get back, I get COVID. So I had COVID uh, 2021, uh, uh, June. Yeah. Then I get it again. I didn't know I had it. I thought I had jet lag. And then I, so I've got COVID, I get over COVID. And then oh, right, I got a publisher, great publisher, Ben Bella Books. You know, I uh, going through Random House. It's a dream, right? Give me advance, great. Now I've got to rewrite for them within a certain time period. Okay. The stress is killing me. I've got, I've got clients that are on fentanyl. If I don't pick up the phone, they relapse and die. This is not like, yeah. oh, I'll do a coaching call. No, no. My life, like I, I've taken, whether I want to do it or not, that's what I do. Right. Yeah. I got to take these calls. So I'm like struggling, like my stomach's struggling. Right. And my stomach blows out. So it's, I, I'm literally 16, 16 years sober. The, the date, I get the publishing deal, which was my dream, and my stomach blows out, like blows out from the stress, from the COVID, and I've got colitis, right? Yeah. So I don't take drugs. So I'm, I'm in the pickle right now, right? So I call the editor and I say, hey, I'm not going gonna, gonna to be straight with you. There's going to be times I'm going to be sitting on the toilet editing because I, I'm using the toilet. I, I'm tracking. I use the toilet 33 times one day. Wow. Think about that blood and everything like people you literally think it's a crime scene i mean getting graphic because this is where people don't understand the stretch right yeah. 
then I wake up and I'm still trying to work out. I still do my things. I still meditate. I'm like, I've got to stay on this. This is my dream, right? My dream. I've got it. I've got a book deal. I can't call the publisher and pull out. No. You make the NFL and you've got colitis and what you shit your pants once you go, I can't do this anymore. We just gave you a $30 million contract. How bad do you want it? That's the stretch that people don't talk about, the suffering, right? How bad do you want it? So I wake up one day, I said, damn it, I got bitten by a spider. So I, I let three days go by and, and the pain is horrific. So I go to the ER and I'm like, I got bitten by a spider. And he guy goes, show me the spider bite. I pull my pants down. It's all on my right leg and my lower back. He's like, oh, yeah, it, it, you know what kind of spider it was? I said, no. He goes, it's a shingle spider. I'm like, there's a shingle spider? He goes, you've got shingles. It's not a spider, dude. I'm like, what? So now I have shingles. And my stomach's blowing out. And I can't take any painkillers. And I got to get the edited. All happening. And the guy says the shingles last two weeks. The shingles last six weeks. Shingles last even way longer. The pain is. My oh, yeah. pain is the. So pain. I am literally no sleep trying to get this edit done. But this is the irony. This is what makes it so sweet. Everyone told me if they give you the book deal, right, yeah. you'll never be able to call the book what you want. And I wanted to call the book a dose of positivity, right? So I call the book a dose of positivity. They agree. So I'm sitting with the editor one day. I'm, I'm a wreck, Jeff. My stomach is wrecked. I've got, I'm trying to be, and I can't project what I'm feeling on my clients. I've got guys in detox. I'm trying to coach them through it. I don't want to coach anyone through anything, yeah. right? That's why I always say doing the easy thing may not be right doing the hard thing is hard man yeah of course doing the right thing is so hard yeah. right? i don't want to do the right thing i want yeah. to just lay on the couch i want to do drugs whatever yeah. it is i want to escape the moment yeah and, and, and i'm trying to get through the process and i just start laughing and the, and the editor's on head, heads it with me and we're typing away he goes what's up i said look at the irony i go what and he goes a dose of positivity the last thing i want to do is be positive See what I'm saying? I've got to figure this out. I've got to figure out. I've got to practice what I preach. Yeah. I've got to figure out how to be positive in the, I don't care in, what in a, hur says. Hur a hurricane of a moment. Dude, dude it was no. the, the pain of the stomach blowing up was one thing, but then the shingles on top of that was just, it twisted me up mentally. And then I think I'm all good. I get through it, get through the shingles. It's horrible. I still have pain, nerve pain in my right leg. And then I get COVID again. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a it, string. It's some, but those, the, the, the stresses build you stronger, man. The stresses. Well, if someone would have written, written that in a script yeah. of how it was supposed to go, or you watch a movie like that, you're like, that's so far-fetched. Yeah. And then I'm in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't change you know, it. You know the way I look it's at it, like, Mike? Sorry, Mike. You know the way I look at it is anytime I've gone through stressful moments and I'm and I'm going through some still with my mom and, and everything that's been to my dad and just this life in general, life gets you. I always look and think of there's always somebody in a worse situation than me. I always remind myself and I always repeat that to myself. And and there's always somebody now battling for their life with cancer or doing something. They'll do anything for one more day. And I have this and I have to look at it in a perspective that I'm fortunate enough to be here. Deal with this shit. No one gives a shit about my problems. Deal with my own problems and deal with them. Even the people that 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 
put a shoulder for you to cry on or, or, or there to listen to you. They have their own shit they're dealing with too. So you have to have that mindset, right? You, well, this is what you just said, which is really important. Um, you, you've got to get outside yourself. And like, for example, I'll give you a perfect example. I read something. So I read about General Stockdale, right? And Stockdale was in a prison or war camp for eight years, right? And he would read Epictetus. And Epictetus was a slave, right, for years, but he was studying Stoicism. Yeah. So there's a really important thing that I tell people when you're in the middle of it. So I'll go for a walk and I find out, my, true story, my neighbor's got kidney disease. I go around the corner. I see an old lady when I'm walking the dog. Her husband just died. I go another another four blocks around. That one person, ladies, terminal cancer. And then I'm walking to finish the rest of the walk. And then my other neighbor just had a stroke and he's walking like this. So I go back to my house, right? I go, all right. So my stomach, I might crap my pants if I go for a walk and I got some shingles. I got a fucking book deal. I mind, my life is great. I've got kidney disease. I've got cancer around the corner, right? Hey. Perspective. Say, perspective. Perspective. And here's what Stockdale said. And this is where people say to me, do I say affirmations? I say, I don't work like that. This is, this is reality. Stockdale said, are you, do you, are you a positive thing or an optimistic? He goes, that doesn't work when you're in a prison or war camp. I'll tell you why. He goes, what happens is when you're optimistic and, and you say, I believe we're going to get out by Christmas, right? He goes, when Christmas comes, you get disheartened. Yeah. He goes, to survive crisis, pain, Viktor Frankl, what he survived is you have to have faith yeah. that one day, not believe faith, that if I just stay present right this second and hold on for one day, I'll get through the next day. I'll get through. And that's how I got sober. That's how I get addicts sober. I'm like, let's just get through the moment. Yeah. Fuck tomorrow. Because Jeff, in actuality, right? In the realest that can be, if anyone is listens to this, you have a great following, suffering and silence. All that matters right this second, there is no past, there is no future, is you and I talking on a podcast right yeah. now. Yeah. That is the purest reality. Yeah. And then I tell people, just, I had a guy, I have a guy right now that's losing everything. I said, stop, 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 stop. I said, the marshal's coming right this second. He said, no. I said, what's the next thing, the next right thing you can do? I said, you're going to do a 10 minute meditation, have a cold shower, go for a walk, workout. Just get that done. I said, they're not coming to take your stuff right this second. He said, no. I said, is there a gun in your mouth? He said, no. I said, that's how real you got to get sometimes. You've got to sit down and say, hey, like you said, there's a guy in a hostage situation right now somewhere in America or in the world, right? There's a guy getting beaten in a cellar somewhere. Or, you know what I mean? There's people. Yeah. You and I are on a podcast. There it always is. Yeah. There's always a moment that you can have and say, right this second, because that's all we have is moments. Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG, and we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or go search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Right. And, and, it's, and it's that mindset too, Mike, that it's yeah. every second it passed is our past. 
And we have to identify that and understand that there's zero control in that right now. What you just said on this podcast a minute ago means shit all because you can't change it. Done. So having that mindset is every second is what is in front of you. Just make them. It's that domino effect one step at a time and, 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 and going tracking back to what you said at the beginning, which I love that analogy about a Heisman trophy winner or a first round draft pick making to NHL or making to NFL. It's, it's once they get there, they're on top of the world. They feel like they've reached that peak, not understanding when they look over that mountain, there's a bigger mountain ahead. They look over that mountain, another bigger mountain ahead, and having that preparation on the way up that mountain, this is only, this is just the start. Just the start. I was watching, I'm a big baseball guy, and I was watching a surger. I was watching a baseball game the other day, and this pitcher been in the league for 20-something years, and he was in the dugout, and they're zooming in on him. And in the dugout, he had a baseball, and he wasn't pitching that day, but the whole game, he was just practicing on grips. Guy's been in the league for 20 years, all-star, probably first ballot Hall of Famer, and spent an hour practicing grips. It just shows that that my mindset, that Colby mindset, that you got to keep going. you got to keep improving. you got to keep getting better and have that mindset. Just do what you could control in front of you. Fuck the past. And and a lot of people just always consume the past. They bring the past with them. It just gets heavier and heavier and tiring and tiring because they're always dragging more and more behind. So, I mean, there's so much value in that, right? Well, yeah. And, and I, here's a really beautiful thing because we're talking about the top of the mountain. So it, it, whatever the mountain is for anyone, right? But if, if you and I go to the top of a mountain, there's a few things. There's not much room there. It's very small, right? Yeah. And the air is really thin. Yeah. When you get to that, right. So when you want to achieve something, the pressure you have to do to get to that point, there's not many people around, but here's the trick. Whenever you climb to a top of a mountain, right. Or any time, if you win today, this minute, I win. You've got to come back down the mountain and climb again. There's a reset and people forget that. Yeah. That's why there's a great saying, whether you lose or win, right? You only celebrate or you, you, you carry the loss for 24 hours. Give yourself 24 hours. And that gives you perspective to go back into the process, back in the moment, yeah. get clear. And like you said, you've got to go back into the process, working the ball every day. And that's what people forget. It's like, it doesn't matter how, how much I've won today in, in 10 minutes, that doesn't matter. Yeah. None of it matters in 10 minutes from no. now. And, no. and that's why I, someone said to me the other day, like, I'm not, look, pound for pound, I'm, when it comes to toughness with ulcerated colitis the way I have it and doing it naturally, I'll, I'll, I'll go against anyone. Because the pain I can go through as an addict and not ever quit on myself comes from my upbringing, comes from the abuse I took, comes from the adversity. I, I, colitis is now a disability. I could go on disability tomorrow. I have a learning disability, which is dyslexia, which was undiagnosed, right? Yeah. And I can battle those two things. Just, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but I'm going to outstudy you. Yeah. I'm going to outwork you. I'm going to outthink you by taking time just with myself because no one gave me that time. So when someone says to me, why do you get up at three in the morning? I'm like, well, I know one thing. You ain't waking me up at three in the morning because if you want to take a piss, most people piss them pants or go back to bed. So yeah. that's my time. 
You're not going to bother me where I'm studying and learning and growing. And a lot of people talk about, like we know a lot of people, I don't want to call people out. They say they're growth co- coaches or they're mindset coaches. And they've never, they fucking bump their toe. They wrap it up and go, I think I broke my leg. And I hobble around and fake tumors, whatever, right? We all know there's certain people. But at the end of the day, the only person you're accountable to and the only person you face on your deathbed is you. Yeah. So you can't fraud yourself. And it doesn't matter what you tell people. It doesn't matter how much you bullshit. At the end of the day, it's it's my journey alone with me and your journey alone with you. And you've got to face the man in the mirror. You're never at peace with yourself. No. I don't care who you are. You're always trying you're... to do the next thing. And you're always trying to jump to the next thing. Because you're always, you're always looking for approval. Yes. And that approval is never enough. And as you get more approval, you want more. It's an addiction. Right. And you're right. never happy with yourself because you feel others' opinion means more than your own. And it's this constant battle. And this is such a shit battle. And, and you see it through so many people, so many Comparison people. syndrome. It's comparison syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sad. And, and they just live in it. Well, here's the thing, Jeff. Like, I always say to people, look, the, the work I, I do with addicts, I didn't want to do it. I went to acting school. Like I'm shooting films now and doing stuff. I, I'm it's, I'm supposed to do it. I'm called to do it. Yeah. I, I'm drawn to do it. It's not intuitively. I know I've got to help them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Even writing at this level books. I don't want to write these books and get publishing deals. Really. If you really ask me what I would want to do and I'll tell you what I did for years. I made a lot of money, did a lot of cocaine, <laughs> drank and did yeah. crazy shit. That's what I want to do. That's the truth. Now, is it productive? Is it empowering? No. But yeah. if you ask, I'm not a liar. I don't sit there and tell someone, right, oh, yeah, man, I've got it figured out. I don't, I figure it out every day. I never have it figured out. No one, anyone that tells you that they have it figured out it's and bullshit. they know everything, it's all bullshit because it I'll tell bullshit. you why. Yeah. At the end of the day, whether it's you, me, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, it doesn't matter who it is. If you, if you line us up right this fucking second, in front of our graves, in front of our creator, right? You can't take, it doesn't matter how good a salesman I am, it doesn't matter how much I've acquired, right? You can't take your underwear and a toothbrush with you. It's not what you accumulate, right? It's, It's what you leave inside of people. That's the magic. And it's not what you post about it. I go and feed homeless people all the time. I, I go to the grocery store every week and I'll find someone and I'll know they're struggling and I'll just walk up to them. I don't post about it. And I go, how's your day been? They're like, horrible. And I can see it's horrible because I know how to read people. I'm like, when was the last time someone did something nice for you? And they're like, I can't remember. I'm like, well, I'm going to buy you groceries this week. They're like, what? And I know by just doing that one thing, it plants a seed of hope because I can afford it, right? I can't take it with me. It's someone's fucking groceries. I do it to people all the time. I buy them lunch. I buy, I see a person struggling. I'm going to have lunch with my son. I'm like, hey, come here. Let me buy you lunch. Are you serious? Yeah, because people are living check by check. I haven't lived by check by check since I was a kid. Yeah. I saved my money. I can live very small. I don't need anything. And I don't have to sit there and post like, oh, I bought, I helped a homeless person. I have one homeless girl that I see every, all the time. I buy her stuff. She's like, you're always so nice to me. I'm like, well, is anyone else? She goes, no. I'm like, well, someone's got to be nice to you because I know what it's like to feel alone. Yeah. See what I mean? I know what it's like to come to a country like this with nothing and everyone saying, you're going to fail. 
You'll never make it. I nearly killed myself at 16. I nearly killed myself at 16 because I kicked out of school and my neighbor intervened unconsciously. I had a bunch of pills in my pocket and I was holding them and I jumped over her fence. I thought I'll just down these pills. And she saw me and she goes, how's your day going? I'm like, it, it sucks. And I, I was holding the pills and she just hugged me and she goes, in 30 years from now, this won't matter. You're going to be okay. And she gave me a real hug. and No one had really hugged me and loved me like that. We still speak today. She's like a 75, 80-year-old woman. Her name's Judy Turner. She's my neighbor. We still speak all the time. I said, do you remember that day? She goes, yeah, of course. I said, I wanted to kill myself that day. She goes, I didn't know what you were doing. I just knew you were going to be okay and look at you now. That's all she did. And you know what I do? That's all I try to do. Try and drop a little dose of positivity on every person. Give them a little hope. Tell them it's going to be okay. Because I've been there. Give them a hug. Smile at them. There, there, I want to say something you said there. When you just One thing you said there is, I mean, no one's going to care. And there's a lot of kids in this world right now. A lot of kids that are going through a lot of depression, stress, anxiety in high school and grade school. And they're not, they, they almost don't find a way out. And they feel like there's that battle. And it's like, you'd almost wish you could sit down with them and just have this open conversation and say that like, none of this peer pressure, none of this bullying, none of this shit, none of these assholes in high school are going to matter in fucking 20 years, even nope. 10 years. Nope. You know, what's crazy is I, and this is maybe this is what made me different when, and why I became an entrepreneur very early in my life at 19. I really started, I essentially started working my own since I was 19 is I would look at my friends in high school and, and great guys got along with them all. But I realized that, do I want to be in this group five years from now? And I made a decision from a very young age where I'm going to cut, and I literally cut all my friends from high school out and I went and I started doing my own. I started building a different life away from them, knowing that I didn't have that friendship. I was going to be a lonely. I had to rebuild friendships, but I understood that. And about 14, 13 years ago, 14 years ago, when Tiago was, uh, when Tiago was still at sick kids, we would drive from Brampton down to sick kids hospital. So we had to pass by my old neighborhood in Toronto. And on the way back at six, seven at night, when we coming back from the hospital with my wife, we drive by and I would see on St. Clair, the street where all these bars and cafes were when I was a high schooler hanging out, these guys are in their thirties and forties outside having a cigarette at these bars still. Still there. They're still fucking there, Mike. And I'm not over-exaggerating. They're still fucking there, majority of them. And most of them, whether they're divorced, whether they, they're married and they just go out there every night for to get away from their family. I don't know what it was. And I was just, every time I used to drive by and see them there, I'd be like, I can't believe they're still there. There's there's that guy. There's that guy. Remember that guy from that? Bit? And, and these are all guys I grew up with through grade school, through high school. And it's, you almost wish there's a way that you could sit down with these kids, this youth, and say like, None of this is going to matter. None of these kids' opinions is going to matter. It's all bullshit. And in 10 years from now, you're going to be on with your life. And you're, you're already going to be beautiful days ahead. There are going to be amazing people you're going to meet in your life. And it's like, how do we get in front of these people and say that? Because I think all these motivational speakers, all these people trying to inspire, inspire you to build a new business and be a new, it's all bullshit. If you yeah. can have people that are changing lives of the youth in a way where they're changing their mindset of, None of this matters today and focus on tomorrow. I think that's so much more powerful. And it's something I don't think a lot of people are doing, right? We could talk about this all day. Like me and you, we talk about this all the time, privately. Um, there's tons of these entrepreneurs out there. They're all full of shit. 
they they claim these 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 goals of inspiring people, but they're doing it for their own inspiration. They're doing it for their own their own egos. It's all yeah. about how many likes I could get or how many people are going to follow me. That's all it is. How much money I'm going to make from this? That's all it is. But yeah. they 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 keep saying it's not about the monies, and it is about the money. When I run a business, when I'm coaching something, it's, it's about the money. Of course it is. I'm trying to make money. I'm running a business. And I'm open and honest with it. I'm running a podcast because I'm trying to build something special here. I'm trying to make a ton of money on this podcast eventually. Like These are all goals. So I'm, you have to be realistic and honest with people. And and that's how you filter out the, the friendships and the bullshit. Yeah, exactly. And the real people and the fake people. And I think people people smell shit from a mile away. And they, they figure this shit out. So Oh, yeah. Let's talk a bit about that right now. Let's talk about how messed up this coaching world is and, and how messed up all this is. I think I think a little dose of reality to that is good. Well, I without, without naming people, people. But well, I think what what people do is they have like this midlife crisis, and 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 after the pandemic, you know, everyone went on Zoom and everyone became a coach. It's really disrespectful to to say you're going you're an expert in a field that you're not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, but, but one thing I want to go back to, when you're, look, if you're a kid right now and you listen to this because I speak at schools, you're not supposed to know shit from 16 to 30. You're not. Nothing. You're supposed to fail and fail and fail and fail and keep figuring it out and fail. You're supposed to come up short every time. And no one taught me that. But what I realized was, is I gathered a lot of information. I read a lot, I studied a lot, and I watched people. And I would I would go on my gut. I'm like, that person's full of shit. That, that's full of shit. So what you've got to do is this. The environment that you're in, if it's a sick environment, dysfunctional, you can't get healthy in the sick environment. You have to get out of the environment to get well. Yeah, There's too 100%. many triggers in that environment, right? So if you're struggling, the good thing now, if you're a 16-year-old kid and you want to kill yourself and you don't do that, trust me on this. I'm a guy that wanted to do it and I didn't have internet. I just had faith. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to back myself. I'm going to put myself against the world and see if they're lying or what I feel. My ability is so big. I really believed I was that good. And I'm like, well, you know what? If I really believe it and I have faith I can do it, I'm going to America to test it. Now, it's funny you said all my friends never left Perth. They're still my good friends. They're like, how did you do it? I'm like, here's the difference. I didn't talk about it. I did it. I stepped on the train. I got a one-way fucking ticket to America with nothing. I didn't have a friend. I knew no one in America. No one. I landed here with me. And someone said, how are you going to survive? I said, let me ask you a question. He said, what do I go? Do they speak English? He goes, yeah. I go, I speak English. I'll figure it out. Yeah. That's what you have to understand. If you, there's a thing that has to be in you. You have to be willing to say, screw everyone. And I'll tell you what, when you're that gutsy and that determined, I'm prepared to die. Like, you don't want to fight me. You know why? I'm going to lose, but I'm going to kill you in the process. Look, I'm the wrong guy. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Even in the club business, I had people stab me. I had people pull guns on me, right, when I was working these doors. But I'm like, I'm going to throw down. 
Yeah. You may mess me up, but at the end of the day, you're not going to fight me again because even I don't street fight with people. I'm like, I don't want to go to jail. You need my money. There's a few bucks. You need it worse than me. But if you put my back against the corner, I'm going to do something to hurt you. You're going to hurt me, right? It doesn't matter how spiritual I am. People don't want to talk about violence. But you've put, if you come into my house in the middle of the night and I've oh, got to protect my son and family, 100%. I'm going to do damage, right? 100%. So you've got to look at the kind of what drives you. I'm the kind of guy that I'm not backing down. That's how I run 30 half marathons with a hernia and colitis. After I was told you'll never run a long distance race. So you and I are like that. So, and then we'll go back to these entrepreneurs. So for me to get someone sober, if someone pays me to detox them, I have the commitment. If I don't sleep for 10 days to get that person through the detox, then that's what I've got to do. Yeah. So when these fake coaches or let me buy my Instagram followers, right? Let me buy my likes. Let me do this and let me set up these coaches. There is a level. There is an elite level like with the people I deal with. Not many people can do what I do. I, I was trained by the best in the business. I was groomed and trained by guys that had done it for like 15, 20 years. That's what they did. Right. And then I started doing it myself because I wanted to create my own techniques. Right. But there is a reason that there is a standard. You can't just walk into the NBA. doesn't matter how good you are at street basketball. You just can't walk into major league baseball, right? Because think about this. This is where these coaches are bullshit, right? A lot of these fake coaches. Get a pro coach that's worked in like the NFL, NBA, or like a really deep, like Shauna Shapiro, who's like the top mindfulness coach, like you, you spend time with someone like that, that's wired that way. There's a big difference to the person doing the Saturday. I did a YouTube class and now I teach mindfulness to a person that lives the practice. Yeah, of course. There's a massive stretch. Yeah. doesn't matter what industry. You know, it's like everyone talks shit. Like I, I'm friends with Mike O'Hearn, right? The guy has one of the greatest bodies ever, right? Oh, he's on drugs. He's on this. I'm like, I'm like, First of all, I don't think he's on drugs, right? He's had the same body since he was 15, 16. And what I think is funny, right, is he's so meticulous in his training. He's so meticulous in his diet. He's 54 years old. He's pushing around like 500 pounds on things. And all these people talk about him. I'm like, do you know how legit how legit your discipline has to be? Forget the drug. There's, there's documentaries where people show you the difference. You could take all the drugs you want, but that doesn't get you up in the no, morning. That doesn't give you discipline. That doesn't give you will, right? You no. know what I mean? Like no. people think I'll take a bunch of drugs and I'll be a pro. No. Like people, even with the baseball area, you're yeah. still not going to hear like Barry Bonds yeah. or yeah. Mark McGuire. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's like the it's same with these fake coaches. Like they sell these things. I'm like, I didn't want to coach people. I wanted to just act, do acting, have fun, do music stuff. But I saw like, wow, people are suffering. And I just started helping people because I wanted to. People were struggling. I better help this person. I better help that person. Better help this person. And then someone said, dude, you know, there's there's intervention jobs out there. Do you want to travel? Yeah, I'll travel. So I started doing interventions. But it wasn't something that I, I, every time I've gone after what I wanted, then I'm faced with the reality and I sit with myself. I got Gersh as a, an, an agent, right? They're the yeah. best. Gersh. I'm like, I've got Gersh. Finally got Gersh, right? I was doing stand-up comedy. It was easy. I could do it. I was making money. It's at the comedy store. 
you know, Joe Rogan was on the other the other platforms. He was in the main room. I was in the belly room. Like you get you get gigs in the main room. All the I was like, oh my god, got the agent after a showcase. I was like, I don't want to do this. It's not my calling. I can do it. There's a difference. I can do it. That's why passion's bullshit. Purpose. What's my purpose? How do I bring value to other people? And I knew comedy wasn't it. I could do it, and I was passionate about making people laugh. But there was something deeper. So I was like, you know what? I'll start again. I'll go and be an interventionist. And I took every shitty job that no one wanted. Every job. All right, I'll fly here. I'll help this guy. Help this guy. I'll do this. I didn't want. I didn't want to do it, but I knew I had to do it. Yeah. And yeah. that's why these coaches aren't coaching. It, like I, I see people that are like fitness coaches now, right? And and they, they look don't look good, and they're copying what other people are doing, just plagiarizing it, or they just they're speaking in memes. Yeah, you know, just just rambling on about stuff, and I'm like, dude, you, you really. Really? I, mean, I mean, that's that's the world we live in with the internet, right? There's so much information out there and people just, they 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 take bits and pieces of each and they're just trying to capitalize on financially, right? It's all about the dollars in the end of the, end of the day with most people, right? And it's sad, but it's true. Well, it's just like everyone, like someone said to me the other day, my podcast is doing great. I'm like, but I'm not like overdoing it. I'm like, I'll be doing a podcast for the next 30 years. I've, I've got... I've got a two book deal set up. I'm finishing my fourth book. I write books. I help people. I take my time. I'm not in a, I'm not in a race against anyone else. Yeah. I'm in my world. I do Mike Diamond. But that's, but that's, been but, around. That, but that's inner peace, right? I mean, that's, that's oh, living dude. in a state of I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with myself. I yeah, think that's very I, special. If I have to die, if I have to die tomorrow, I'm going to be straight up with you. I'm good. Yeah. My son set up, my wife's got money. I've got, you know, I've already told my publisher, here's my works, put these books out for some reason. What people don't realize is they, they talk about Marcus Aurelius and yeah. they talk about Epictetus. Epictetus didn't write anything down. His student wrote it down, right? Yeah. He just taught. Marcus Aurelius's meditations was a private diary that was sold later. Yeah, which is crazy. It wasn't written. It's it so wasn't cr- written I know, to I know. sell. So crazy. These so crazy people, that's those those things from thousands of years ago are still in play. Right, but people and I love Ryan Holiday, who yeah. I adore, yeah. and he translates it brilliantly. But he's very open about it. He translates those. That's computer. all he does. He's that's a, all he does. Yeah, but, but he's a beautiful. He, he's great at doing. He's, he's and brilliant. I love him. Absolutely brilliant. He's one of my favorite. But yeah, he, but he's very transparent about it. Yeah, he's like, yeah. I, I I translate this book so you yeah. can buy my stuff to make it easy to translate. And I love his stuff. But you see, I love him because he talks. He's like, I translate other people's book, yeah. and he does original stuff. You see what I'm saying? But yeah. I can appreciate that. But these were works. These were works that we were supposed to discover. Yeah, which you, is special. So, if, so tomorrow, like I look at it, if I wake up every day and I have purpose. And I'm honest and I'm sober and I'm being of service to the right people. And I go with intuitive feel, feels right because I believe, and this is just me, in this short period of time in this human body, I believe I'm a spiritual being having this human experience and I have to learn something. What No one can tell you what's going to happen before or after. I came into this world alone. I die alone, right? I, live, I have to live with my own karma, however you want to talk about it whatever philosophy you have, but I know tomorrow 
because I've sat on a deathbed in 2017 and nearly died. And I was like, I'm not ready to go yet. I've got to write books. There's more to do, right? I knew that. Yeah. And I shifted a lot of things. But tomorrow, if I have to go, I'm like, I'm comfortable with that. I'm not afraid just, of. Interesting death. you're saying I'm that. I'm not afraid I, of. I, I, I love that. I love that you're saying that. I mean, I'm. I'm the opposite, Mike. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not afraid of death. I mean, I, I think it's something that we all have to come to gas about. We're all going to, yeah. it's something we're never going to can't run away from, but I, I feel like there's so much more I want to do still. I want to see my kids get married. I want to see, I, and I'm not putting anything against you, but I'm saying, no. just, and that's this, my mind is like, I feel like, like I'm, I'm alternately, like I'm really focused on my health lately a lot more. Like I'm probably some best shape I've been in a long time. Like I'm really focused on a lot of things where in my mind is like, quality of life but there's so many more things i want to achieve personal i'm not family. saying i want <laughs> no 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 i'm not saying it the right yeah, way yeah. but i'm saying it's like i i i you know when you somebody says like i i'm i'm i've have everything said i'm, I'm comfortable with this stage whatever happened i'm not i would not be ready for that i'd be like fuck this shit i want so much more issue i want to do still i want to see i want to there's so many things i want to see i want to do so it's it's that mindset of just i have that mind where it's like there's we're given such a short time here. I want to do as much as I can, as much I can. And I want my kids to see as much as they fucking possibly can. Cause I mean, it's, it's just, I was, I was saying now, Mike, and I don't know if we were talking about this the other day, or I was talking to somebody else about this, but my, my two kids, we only, my son's 14. We only started traveling when he was four and a half because everything was went through when he was young. And yep. that was when we were comfortable traveling from four and a half to 14. He's been to 26 different spots. It's amazing. And, and I was sitting there, I was thinking about that, Mike, that's like, those, those memories are going to be priceless. One day I'm not around. He's going to have those. He's going to remember most of those. He's going to remember. And if he doesn't remember, he's going to have photos because I captivated all those in photos and albums for him to remember those moments. And I think as parents, you have to do that. You have to build as much memories as you can with your kids. One, because as they get older, my daughter, I can already see her trying to do her own thing and trying to be at 16 couple of years she'll be off to college somewhere she's already like it, it's so crazy i'm like she's like we talked about this she's looking at colleges out of province i'm like are you fucking kidding like you're not going nowhere and she's already looking at it so th- the time with them is very short but yeah. at the same time too it's 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 having that understanding there you have to build as much memories and build as much special moments with them as possible and it's like going back to what you're saying, it's like, man, there's so much more I want to do so much more. I want to do like, I, 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 man, I want to live till like, as long as I'm in good health, fuck, as long as I possibly can, buddy. Well, no, no, no. I, the reason I'm so comfortable with death is I get it. I get it. Live every day in the stretch. I get it. So I get it. I get I it. I appreciate, I am so grateful because I don't want to be one of those people. And I've watched it where people say family means everything, but they never see their family. They make a bunch of money and then they get to 70 or 80 and all the money they spend, they spend trying to get their health back. Yeah. Yeah. And what I do is say, well, I'm comfortable every day with whatever happens. If I die tomorrow, I die tomorrow, but I make sure, look, I look, I'm a, I'm a dick. I can admit it. People think people say, Oh, you're in my top five. I'm like, well, I'm not in your top five. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah. it's people's like say, oh, yeah, that, that's my guy. I'm like, you you may say I'm your guy, but you're not my guy. Like, you see <laughs> what I mean? Like, I'm like, I don't, because people, I've watched people talk all day. Yeah. And then and, and people tell me what they're going to do. And then they gaslight you. 
So I'm yeah. like, I yeah. hold people to a standard. And I'm like, I live by this sand. I live by the sword. I'm going to die by the sword. I'll take yeah. full responsibility. If I make a mistake, I put my hand up. Yeah. You know, if I, if I act out of line, I go, Hey man, I was wrong because I just don't, I'm just like, just be honest, be straight. Right. Authentic. Authentic. Yeah, it goes back to that word. That's all we could do. That's the only thing that makes us human. Be yourself. Be honest. If you can't, if I come up short, that's why if any kids listening, like come up short. And if people don't look, the only reason I speak up so much about stuff, and I've always been told, don't talk about your sobriety. It's shameful. It's this. And right, guess what? Because I talk about it and I'm open about it. Now people, oh my God, your new book, A Dose of Positivity. Wow, it's so open. I mean, I am hardcore about my mistakes. How about I failed so many times because of my drug addiction, you know, but not having the right people around me, getting the right, not having the right upbringing. Do you know what I mean? I'm honest. Am I good with it now? Of course, I've moved on. But I don't let people gaslight me. No. I'll tell people, bullshit. I've, I called a kid out one day that used to bully me in school. And he's like one of my biggest fans. I was like, dude, let's just be straight here. You're a dickhead when we were growing up. You weren't good to me. You're a total dick. I'm like, I'm good with you. But don't make out like we're boys. We're boys now. Yeah. Yeah, you, 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 were, you made my life miserable growing up. But here, see, this is where... The difference, right? And this is where people shouldn't mess with people's mental health. I'm going to give my son two rules. He's four and a half, right? He's he's me. He's very positive. But he's going to learn martial arts at five. He's going to learn jiu-jitsu. He's going to learn kickbox, box, straight in. The gloves you bought him are amazing. I'm going to, I'm getting, he's going to learn. He's going to have two rules, right? If he's getting bullied, he's going to, he's going to know. He's going to put his hand out and saying, not okay. Give the person one chance. Step back. And he's going to learn how to like submit someone and light them up straight away. Yeah. I'm telling you straight out. Yeah. So if he lights someone up and I get called to the school, he'll know, call my dad. I was bullied. I'll sit down with the teacher and go, bring the other parent in, bring the other kid in. That's my rule. Yeah. My son knows that's the hand distance. You get inside that hand. I'm clipping you. Yeah. Now, I'm also going to tell him, if you see a kid being bullied, it's your responsibility to step in. I, you need to be the outlaw, yeah. right? I call it the conscious outlaw. You need to go in, protect that kid. And if you have to get in a fight to protect someone else that's getting bullied, if they're racist or they're a piece of shit against someone else or, or mocking someone because they've got a disability or something, you've got to jump in. If you don't, I'll be upset. If, you get, if I get called to the school again, I will know you stepped in to help someone. Yeah, That will be ingrained in your soul because I've had to do that to help people, right? And that's how I have to teach my kid, right? Because let me tell you something. If that kid, and this is true because I've studied kids, the only kids that shoot up schools are boys. Yeah, I mean, that's... Girls I mean, you know why? Because when the testosterone hits... I was going to say testosterone, yeah. The, the amygdala in the young boy, yeah. right, is flared up, fight, fight, and freeze. Yeah. Girls get more emotional when they go through the hormonal changes. Boys get aggressive, right? Yeah. Now... I know this for a fact because I knew I was a kid that got bullied and one day thought, would I ever come back back then and, and harm anyone? It wasn't in my DNA to do that. But there's some kids out there I grew up with that now do in 30 years. They're crazy, right? Yeah. They're hard. But I know for me, I knew exactly the kids that bullied me and I knew the kids that didn't. So if someone's being bullied and they've got it, they're, they're trigger happy, and you've abused them and hurt them, they'll come after you. That's how people people are vengeful, unfortunately. 
So I'm going to teach my son, you always be a good person. You always be kind. You always do the right thing. You always don't be, don't follow the crowd. Just be, do the right thing. And I always do the right thing now. Right. Because you have to lead. And he sees me doing it. He sees me kind to people because that's, that's the problem right now. People act out or people take what was downloaded on them. That's just the way I am. Bullshit. You have a choice. You, the, the amount of racism in this country is is sickening. Yeah, of course. The way people are treated. Do you know what I mean? The way even how women are treated. It's crazy. I watch people. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? You can't talk to people like that can do that kind of stuff. Oh, it's just the way it is. No, it's not. No, it's not. It doesn't have to be that way. It's also and, my... And, sorry, go, go. No, you go, go, go. No, I was just saying it's, it's, it's... We could teach some lessons all we want. But and this is something that we talk about all the time, and I talk about all the time is indirect teachings that we do to our children. They're constantly watching everything we do, how we treat. Everybody. We could say there and be hypocritical and be like, "Do this, do this, do this," and then turn around and don't follow our own actions. And their kids are watching us all. What comes out of our mouth? How we treat people? Do we open the door for somebody? Do we say thank you? Do we give a tip? Do we just simple everyday routine things? They're and these are becoming part of their DNA from a very young age. It's just becoming who they are, their dialogue, the way they talk, the way they pronounce things. Everything we do, we're indirectly teaching them at all times. So we have to be very aware of that and 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 understand that. You know, I just did a post right now. We're this is even more off topic, but one thing you said, two things you said. One is is about being kind to everyone. One thing I've done with my kids from day one. Is and I've taught them this, and I've and this is something I did myself when I went to high school. I was a floater. I had a group of friends, but I was a floater. There was I, I came a very multiracial school where you had your Hispanics, you had your Blacks, you had your Orientals, and I used to walk down the hallway and I got along with everybody. I just, I got along with everybody, and and that's one thing I've done with my kids from day one. Where my daughter, my son, they literally have. I don't. I never wanted them to be in a clique of group. So they literally, my daughter has like four or five different groups of friends, her dance friends, her school, and even in the high school, she has three different groups where she's like, I'm going with these girls today. I'm going, and these girls don't even talk to each other, but she's friends with everybody. Same with my son. And he, he'll have his friends over. He has his baseball. He has all these different groups of people he interacts with and they're all different. And, and I love that because like, even I, 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 my son, he had his grade eight graduation picture and I put it on, I put it on Instagram. I think the picture and it's like it's like it's like a rainbow it's all multicultural all his buddies he hangs around with you want that you want that you want them to be aware of of being around people that are good nothing to do with their race their color their authenticity their 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 religion has to do with who they are and and that's one thing i try to instill from day one and then another thing too is having that mindset that you got to be good and authentic people have to know who you are do not fake being who you are just to be please a crowd because if you have to please or be somebody else those are the wrong people to be around and i've done that from day one i've instilled it in their head i've told them that if you ever even my daughter especially i go if you ever feel like you have to be different or act different or talk differently for a group of girls to like you you're out of there and and it's funny that she's actually just her she pulled out of her dance school this year because it was becoming she's 16 and becoming very toxic it was all about body shaming and and these are high performance dancers and she got to the point where she'd come home crying i'm like what's wrong she goes she goes i can't stand that environment she would every day come home like 
you walk in, it's like everybody talks bad about each other. It's all clicky. It's all like, because it was very high competition and every girl's trying to put each other down. She, and I said, are you uncomfortable there? Then you're out. And she, we pulled her on. She's actually starting track and field. She's been doing dance. She's four years old at 16. She decided to pull out. And I'm like, that's okay. We're good with that. And she's starting track and field now. So it's having that mindset where you get yourself out of those environments from a very, do not let yourself get poisoned in these environments. And, and there's, and there's always groups of good people. There's always, you just have to search for them. They're there. They're out there for any kids that are trying to find them. Right. Yeah. I just think what you said is incredible parenting. Cause there's like, I mean, I, I was a really good track athlete as a kid with no coaching, but I got selected to, um, if I wanted to continue my Australian rules football and you go through a process where it's called Colts reserves and leagues. And the guy pulled me aside cause he liked me. And he's like, do you really want to do this? You can, like, but it's a process. I'm like, not really. I want to move, go to Sydney, go to acting school and go to America. Yeah. And he was awesome. And because it was more like trying to please everyone else. He's like, then don't do this. Don't play football. Just go do something else. He, to go to acting school. So I was going to acting school, right? And it wasn't where my heart was. I didn't want to stay in Perth, right? And it's like, I kind of had a debate with this. I, I loved um, Archie Manning and I watched the story of Archie Manning and he never coached his kids. And he never, he got in trouble because Peyton was supposed to go to Ole Miss and he got death threats because he didn't want Peyton to go there and Peyton went to Tennessee and, um, and then uh, Eli went to Ole Miss. And what I learned from that is that like I see these, the, you know, kids seven years old and I was abused at seven by bad coaches. I mean, we ran till we puked Yeah, and that's what it was. You ran till you pissed yourself. That's, that's what, you know, you're going to be a champion, go to the Olympics one day. And, and, I, and this guy was like, oh, you should, you know, you ran 30 half marathons. You should coach the kids. I'm like, no, I'm not going to coach my kid ever. He's going to have a coach. And when he's going to come home, I'll work with him because I don't want to be that dad. I'm not going to live vicariously through him. And what you did is really special. I don't know what he's going to be good at, but what I was good at is not him. I don't know his journey. My job is to give him the right tools, resources, mentorship, and love so he can reach his full potential. Not to say, well, my son's really successful now, so I feel better about myself. That's not fucking parenting. That's not that you don't have a kid to try and be, be popular at the barbecue, right? Yeah. Or talk about it at the PTA. Your, your purpose is to give these, find his potential and give him the tools and the mentorship and get the right mentors and be the, give the right parenting to help them weather the storms, go through the emotional stuff and be there so he doesn't get distracted like I did and do a bunch of drugs because I couldn't talk to anyone, right? Yeah. And get kicked out of school because I didn't have any safe ground, right? Giving them an environment to thrive. Yeah. Then when they get to a certain age, sit them down and say, look, do you want to go to college? and put yourself 300 grand in debt, what do you want to do? Like, what are you good at? But it's my job to look at my son, right, and see see his inclinations and see his talent and present them to him in a way that he can understand them, not push him. And Jocko Willick said it really beautifully because he's a hardcore guy, and he said, I thought I was doing the right thing, the Navy SEAL, by putting my kids in, you know, higher grades and, and over pushing them and are doing this and doing that and pushing them against better kids. He goes, I wasn't, it was a disservice. They're going to be ready when they're ready. Right. I was genetically a freaky kid. I ran, um, I remember my time at nine or 10 years old, I ran a 10 seconds in the 70 meters, right. Which is fast in the 70 meters. I broke a record, right. Still got the medal to prove it. And I ran a 104 or something in the 400 or 10 or 11. 
yeah. really quick, right? Yeah, really, by running yeah. really quick, right? But I didn't have coaching. I no one taught me. And then when everyone matured before me, everyone got faster. I didn't get faster. I started getting into drugs and alcohol. But I was pushed too much. No one sat me down, and and, and so everyone's like, "Oh, he's going to be fast like you." I said, "I don't care." Do you do you find that there's a fine line from pushing and teaching them hard work ethic? Because You've got I, to teach I, them I, discipline. I, You've got to teach them discipline. Okay, because I'm I'm a strong believer in like I push my son, and we've had this conversation. No, but you're not abusing him. There's a difference between training someone correctly and abusing. Them. Okay. You, you like, you're not a, look, look, here's the difference, right? Like we ran till we puked. That's, I would never push my son to run to his puke. Yeah. Like seriously, that's, yeah, yeah. that's ridiculous. You don't yeah. push a kid to run to his puke yeah. to make him tougher. You, and if I'm working out with my son and I'm like, I think you've got three or four more in you, right? And he's going through the pain and I'm kind of working with him. He's doing a pull up. And I'm like, he's only got two. You got two in you, right? Not do six. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Like there's a certain amount of growth yeah. that you're going to have to stretch them. Yeah. But what happens is if my ego gets in the way or what I've accomplished gets in the way of his reality and how far he can be stretched, it's the perfect analogy, right? Mike Tyson, genetically, the way he moved and the way he did everything, Costa Marta pushed him too early, too fast because Costa Marta was going to die. Yeah. Lennox Lewis had a slower journey went to the Olympics, took his time, right? As he said, right? He never tried to compare himself with Mike. When they sparred when they were kids, he's like, Mike was an animal. Lennox won a gold medal, right, in the Olympic Games and beat Riddick Bowe when Tyson was the youngest champ of all time. But Tyson couldn't sustain that, right? Because he was too much to sustain that kind of chaos and yeah. what he didn't believe it he wasn't like hollyfield and boat yeah everyone else told him that he didn't believe he was the greatest he never looked at himself that he was the greatest even though he could move like the greatest right yeah. so then he went to prison he screwed up his life and did all these things right but if someone would have taken more time with him and not pushed him so fast and stretched him out a little bit but it was the race. He has to be the youngest champion because Costamata is going to die, right? And Costa ended up dying and Mike blew all his money, right? And then you look at a guy like, say, Evander that took his time, right? Went through hell. He was never as good as Tyson. Oh, well, he fought a, a bad Tyson, an old Tyson, right? Even though he fought Riddick Bowe in these oh, three yeah. epic fights and he fought Lennox Lewis in three epic fights, right? Yeah. But the point is, it's like everyone's journey is different. I have got to look at my son and look at him. He's got my DNA. Absolutely. He's got my genetics. He's already got my drive. He's already got my personality. Great. But he may turn around to me and say, dad, I want to do this. I want to be an engineer like my grandpa. Great. That's what you're doing. If that's what you want to do, then I teach him the discipline around. But I will not be the parent that screams on the sideline, right? At my kid or at other kids that they should be like this or they should do that. Have fun. Have fun. Go and mess up. I don't know how good you're going to be. But if there's something, because at the end of the day, Jeff, it doesn't matter the information you have. And I've learned this over the years. When people say, well, I would have made it if I had this. I would have made it if I had a better coach. No, you wouldn't. People that want to win have the will to win. 100%. 100%. 
you it's in was in my DNA to be successful in America. It was in my DNA to in me to say I'm getting a book deal when everyone else says no. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. that. It's it's it, you can't take that no, away from me. No, and you're, I can't. You're, you're, you're built. It you're, it's being built differently, right? I mean, I, I get that all yes. the time. I, I mean, I've been entrepreneur since I was nineteen, so you always hear that that mindset where just you're you're built. I get a lot of close friends of mine that are in my inner circle that are. Just people I keep close to me, and they always say, like, it's just that mindset, like, you're built differently. differently. You're different. You're different. You you're can't different. coach that. It's yeah. not about coaching. Yeah. It's not about training. It's in the person. Yeah. The, there's something that has to go off yeah. in you that goes, that's that's what I'm doing. And And what people try to do, people that aren't successful, people that never leveled up, especially parents that – think their kids are going to the NBA or going here. They right? bring you down. Well, they don't. They don't know. It's like that's not how it works. It's got to be in the kid. Yeah. It, it, if the kid wants to do it, yeah. you then coach him that way. You don't drive him to a point where seven-year-olds are getting screamed at like they're professional athletes. The chances yeah. of making it as a pro yeah. are like 1%. Yeah. I grew up, I grew up with a kid. Um, Coming from from me from Canada, hockey is massive, and I don't want his name his name just in case he ever says listens to this. But um, him and his brother, really talented hockey players, uh, dad would coach them. Uh, played at an extremely extremely high level in grade six, grade seven. Like everybody around this kid was, he's making the NHL, grade eight making the NHL, grade nine making the NHL, grade ten. Like this kid is going to be drafted in OHL, and just picked up one day and said, I don't want to play ever again. Got, couldn't no. deal with his dad. Never, ever stepped on the ice ever again. See? Pushed too hard, too early. Yeah. Because what it was is everyone else was trying to live his dream. Yeah, which a lot of parents do, right? You never try to live your kid's dream. No. My, his dream and aspirations are parents. Yeah. My, my job is to give him the resources to thrive. Yeah. And, and, and unconditional... And, and say this is the best environment for you and look at where he's at and if he's had like someone like people say right college is stupid school is stupid because gary v said i said stop gary v went to fucking college yeah stop stop i don't care what they look do i think that the, the schooling curriculum is a little dated of course it is does it help you be an entrepreneur no but that's not the point i'm going to give him the tools to succeed yeah walk out in, with with your head high a winner Right in anything you do, even if it's a bad business deal, shake the person's hand, leave on good terms, move on to the next thing. So if I could go back to my school, and this is why I study so hard now and read so much, and and they would have picked up my dyslexia, I wouldn't have got distracted. I wanted to be good at school. I just couldn't figure it out because I was dyslexic and it was too much pressure. And, and no one pulled me aside and said, "They just said you're stupid. You don't want to pay attention." I'm like, no, I can't understand this stuff. Yeah. I have trouble comprehending and reading dyslexia, ADD, ADHD, at, at, in fourth grade, the teacher pulled me out in front of the class. I would have to read in front of everyone and the kids laughed at me. Yeah, She didn't say, oh, you've got a reading issue. So when I, when I tell people, don't listen to all these people that say college sucks, college may be right for you, right? Yeah. But don't do it because everyone else t- says to do it or don't not do it because everyone says don't do it. Figure you out. Figure out your own path, 100% yeah. for your own path. And I do agree. I mean, college, university... Um, there's certain fields that are, they're needed. 
and and in reality is even when you think of the workplace, there's there's always gonna have to be workers. There's always gonna be entrepreneurs. There's always gonna Come be on. there's always gonna be venture capitalists. There's always gonna be people trying to. Oh, there's always gonna have a role for every individual, and you just have to find your role and be successful Correct. at what you're doing and understanding that. I I thousand percent agree with that. Thousand thousand percent agree with that. And you do see that a lot of a lot of uh, parents live uh, vicariously through their kids and in their dreams because they never made it or they wish they had it or their love for something, whether it's a sport or, or, or a talent and being a musician or dance moms. I mean, that's, they have TV shows on that for God's sake, dance moms. Like my Mike, my daughter did dance from 14 to 16. She started really high level around 12, like high level competition. And these moms live at this dance studio. They all volunteer. They all make the costumes. They all travel. They, when their kids are in training, they're there from 4 p.m. till 9 p.m. in the parking lot. My wife never, my wife would drop my daughter off and boot out of there, boot out of there. She never talked to him, never looked at him. She's like, I can't get involved with these women. I can't be part of this shit. And it's, and it's, and it was true. It was just, it was just this poison environment because everybody's so fake. Everybody's so fake. It's like this, right? I look at it like this. Like, so let's say Orlando yeah. really wants me to coach him. Yeah. And he's like, Dad, you should coach the team. I'm going to coach the team. Right? But I'm not going to volunteer to coach him. If he pulls me aside and says, Dad, you're in the shed at three in the morning lifting weights. Show me how to lift weights. Yeah. Show me how to do this. Yeah. Then I'm going to show him. Yeah. But I'm not going to tell him. I'm going to say, these are the disciplines I'd like you to do. I want you to do your push-ups in the morning, your sit-ups. You're gonna, I'm going to teach you to meditate. I'm going to teach you the basics of how to be fit. Now, I'm hoping the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And because he sees me working out and he's like already he's impressed with muscles and different things. It's indirectly mentoring. Yeah. Right. So I've done that from I day hope, one. I, I hope. Listen, I've done that from day one, Mike. And you know, when you see me, what you hear my stories, my kids, like I started from day one with my kids about health and fit. My kids are fitness fanatics. And we've talked about this I before. I hope. I hope. And I was yeah, impressed by it. But, but you never know. But if he doesn't go into it, I'm not going to, like, he, I'll be honest uh, with you. I was riding a bike at three, right? No yeah. training wheels. He doesn't like the bike. I haven't pushed him. He'll, he'll ride it eventually. Yeah. He doesn't really like swimming right now. I was never a great swimmer. We took him to lessons. I'm like, he'll figure it out. We'll get him into swimming lessons. Yeah. There's certain things he's gravitating towards. There's certain things he's not. I'm like, I'm just going to let him pace himself. He's still, he's still, he's still four and a half too, right? Once it clicks, it, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. Don't yeah. And you know, it's crazy. Let's go back to the coaching thing. I'm going to give you a little uh, scenario. So I, I, and I, I think you're aware, I coached my son's rep baseball team, which is a, it was a, it was a decent level baseball team. And I did that for three years and I pulled, we actually had a conversation and I pulled away from coaching for a reason. And I said, listen, I still am going to coach and I still coach them on a one-on-one dad basis, but I pulled away from the team because it was just, it was too much pressure where we would, if we were to lose a game, that pressure on him, where every time he was at bat, if it was a tied game, if he didn't get that hit, it's the coach's son. It's the coach's son. And it was way too much pressure on him. And he was able, was not able to perform. wasn't able to 
be his full potential at all times because he felt this bearing of how he all had exactly yeah. so i apply i i'm we we sat down and we both made a decision together and and since then we just i just train them one-on-one and, and i love it and i'm having more i'm enjoying it and i freed up a lot of time because teaching at that level was it was insane amount of dedication for other parents that don't give a rat's ass about you but well, yeah and it's like under the criticism like if you get me a kid right yeah that wants to get to the next level and you're paying me right yeah. to work with him yeah and my son this is all this is all volunteer buddy yeah and and then my son on top of that if he says to me hey you know because i'm i'm switched on to win like i don't i don't i do everything to kill like i i know that's my defect but i'm an addict i didn't do cocaine once i wanted to be the 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 world champion of cocaine you know what i'm saying or drinking (laughs) so when i do things i go to kill i want to i want to knock it out of the park so I also have to be mindful that I'm dealing with kids that don't have my drive. I'm dealing with my son. I'm dealing with a lot of things and parents. And Just, like, okay, I'm, do you, I'm writing books. I'm doing, I can't deal with it. Okay. We talked about this before. Let's, this is pure going into a different topic. I love this conversation right. with kids. When we talk about the whole participation ribbon and teaching kids how to be winners and all that stuff. Um, there was a post I saw um, video and I actually put a comment on it. And the video was, a baseball coach he was being filmed by a parent in the sidelines he wasn't aware he's being filmed and he gave the speech and i thought it was epic because i loved it (laughs) and it said he goes listen guys he goes we're here to win he goes the end of this game there's winners and there's losers and you were here to do one purpose to win and he goes if your dad he says on the video he goes if your dad told you it was all about participating and having fun you know why because your dad's a loser and he filmed saying this to his like (laughs) seven-year-old I loved it because we're it's that mindset of if we're given that we talked about this the participation ribbon. Oh, it's true. If I'm going to be around my kids, I want my kids to win. Well, I you want to teach them. You want to teach them to win, Mike. You want to teach them to win in this look, world. Look, I had the same conversation. <laughs> this is so funny because I was only forced to win. It was first, second, or third. There was no participation. Was I won state championships? Yeah. And I said to my wife, look, we're going to parent a little different. She goes, why? And I said, oh, I'm going to give you a scenario. Say Orlando is way faster than me and makes the Olympic team. Yeah. And let's say he runs the 100 and he runs eight. That means there's seven other kids faster than him in the world. There's no winner for eight. Even though he's in the Olympics, yeah. he still ran eight. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, either run faster or do something else because you're not the fastest. Yeah. She goes, but he made the Olympics. I said, that's your problem. You get a track suit and yeah. you get a meal. That's it. But no one's given you a sponsorship for eight. Even yeah. if you're eighth in the world. World, yeah, yeah. You, you, top three, even third, they're like, eh, you ran a bronze. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to compete at that level, yeah. you have to win. Now, where people get upset is this. Why there there is a sport? It's a sport, right? It's a game, sporting yeah. game, right? Yeah, whether course, it's yeah. baseball, whether it's yeah, football, yeah, whether yeah. it's track, it's sport. Yeah, I'm not going to participate to come second. No, don't participate. No, I stopped playing. I couldn't watch sports for years when I was playing it because I get so frustrated I wasn't playing. And then when I stop playing sports, I can watch them, but I don't get emotional. I don't believe. I don't like. I'm, I watch the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to kill myself if someone loses. That's none of my business. They yeah, just didn't course. play that well. 
People get devoted because they're not playing sports. They're not good athletes. Yeah. Anyone that gets that sucked in to a sport means they never were that good at sport. No, honestly. they're living vicariously. Yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 It's like this person's going to change my life. I don't know who this person is. I don't know what they did before. I'm not going to bet on them. No. And people don't like that. So it's like when it, when it comes to participation, I'm going to tell him, are you doing it to win? Or are we jerking off here? Because I'm not going to take you every Saturday to, to muck around. I can take you to the trampoline thing. The play to win. Learn how to win. Learn, yeah. learn what it takes to suffer okay. and so, go through the pain and win in life. Okay. Because yes. that's like picking up the phone yes. and you get 100 rejections. I want to get the sale, right? Yeah. Yeah. Go, and, go and knock on a 1,000 doors. Get the sale. So I'm going to teach him, yes, if you're going to play, play to win. Good. But don't be a bad sport. Yes, 100%. If someone hands you your ass, someone hands you your ass, it's a game. Shake hands with them, be a gentleman, say, you know what, you were better than me this time, I'm going to get you next time. And then the next time you play them, go after them, like I used to do. Yeah, and it's good, that's good competition. I always had people from other track teams that I would go, I'm getting you next time, and I'd win or they'd get me. They're like, you got me, you beat me today. Or in sporting events. That's healthy. That's yeah. life. That's living. You grow. Yeah. But just to show up, and no, just, I'm just going to show up. No. See, that's why I couldn't coach kids because I would get the parents would hate me. They're like, he's too. But that, but that was, but that was, that was, <laughs> that was me when I was coaching the team too, right? I was, it was yeah, I, I that could. win all like, but that was just the way my my DNA was. I mean, I, that's just the way I am. I'm just, I'm Jeff, just like you're you, successful. You're you a successful have guy. to win. You can't you have be to. successful. You can't yeah, be successful. I, I can't see that. <laughs> imagine Elon Musk. Imagine Elon Musk as a coach. He'd literally oh, said fire to you. Like, yeah. I wouldn't want to get coached by him. Imagine Goggins as your school coach. <laughs> or a love... Navy SEAL. Yeah. All right, man. I've had you for so long. I've kept your time. So <laughs> there's um I, I want to promote the book. Yes, um, let's do that. A Dose of Positivity, it comes out in April, but you can pre-order it on Amazon, A Dose of Positivity, Mike Diamond. The other book, Seven Steps to an Unbreakable Mindset, is still on Amazon. Um, and then my podcast, A Dose of Positivity, which people can download. And then I do the weekly show with Melsa, Office Hours, which is fun on Wednesdays. And that's really it, man. And if someone is really struggling or really suffering, DM me. I check my DMs. I'm not one of those ghettos that ignores people. But like, be serious. If you're really struggling with some like a health crisis, a colitis, or addiction problem, or you have a family member that you're really worried about and you need some information, message me. Or you can email me at themike underscore diamond at yahoo.com. The Mike underscore diamond is my social media, my Twitter, and my Instagram. You're the best, brother. Try to be like you. We try to show up. Try to show up every day. You're the best, buddy. Thank you, man. Appreciate this. Amazing. You were so awesome. It's such a great... I mean, we went over 45 minutes. I'm sorry. We didn't shut up. No. An hour and 15 minutes. All good. All good, man. Always (laughs) good. Always good. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Bye, buddy. 